Episode 1 Poems from Writing by Flashlight by Fred Peterson The day the life photographer came It's just a sharecropper shack with rough-hewn cypress boards on the banks of Bayou Bartholomew in the Delta recovering from the 26th flood entering the dryness of the depression. Mama places the chicken chasing broom upside down against the back door frame, squints at the blur through delta dust coming up the lane, and tells the girls to be ladies for the gentleman caller. The life photographer drives down the dusty oak-lined country lane, unpacks his carefully stored camera equipment, from the gray 1934 Chevy businessman's coupe, lifts his camera with professional gingerness, places it on the sturdy oak tripod, ducks behind the midnight black hood, and begins to capture Dust Bowl America. Following the Farting Dragon Knowing the next move might find us roommates with chickens, Mama keeps her head high and countenance stern following Daddy to the next stop in our southern odyssey. She and the 38 Chevy laden with brood of six, he with worldly possessions piled high in back of rattling flatbed with jerry-rigged sideboards at obtuse angles, forging through torrid back road sweltering heat like a dragon farting fiery red clay dust. Twelve awestruck eyes stare into blackness, knowing full well what lay ahead. We've been there before. Three tiny rooms, an outhouse, a pump near the barn, a woodpile, a bed full of kids. Three girls at head and three boys at foot. There will be a cow to milk, pigs and chickens to feed, hound dogs to detick, mud holes to play in, trees to climb, vines to swing from, and enough love to go around. We're here. Mama lifts the Coleman cooler from the Chevy, pulls the ever-present dish towel from her left shoulder, dips it into icy water, and one by one wipes dragon dust from faces of her brood. They smile, then run to explore excitements in this new place, not needing store-bought toys other children have. Daddy comes, takes Mama's rag, dips it, wipes her face. They kiss, go inside, and start to clean. Christmas down south. I knew they were there, the Spurs, the plastic clarinet, the football, the Jackie Robinson doll, the pistols with Lone Ranger scrolled in silver studs, my first wallet, but I never looked for them, in the closet, under the bed, under Mama's undies, on top of the wardrobe, underneath old clothes in the wash shed out back near the two-holder. Sometimes I could smell the secret Christmas scents, the peppermint cans, the thick-skinned oranges, the inward toes and the inward tits that would go into the big wooden bowl on the coffee table for Santa. 
a Christmas Eve Martin and Lewis movie kept us out till 10 and then fireworks in the yard would signal the reindeer that this was the place where the good kids lived. Santa always snuck in right before the last bottle rocket exploded. Look up in the sky, he's leaving. Mama would be the first to notice all the love of all the year lay beneath the tree. I knew they were there, the war, the hatred, the fear, in the town, in the country, in the world, but I never looked where they were. Real brief conversations with imaginary friends. Teetering dangerously on the gray stone wall of Grandpa's well, I yelled, Chinaman, Chinaman, talk to me. He was all he ever called back. Royally perched atop the fodder stack, pitchfork and scepter in the cavernous barn, my shout would be, I'm almighty king of the hay. Hey, ring out as confirmation of my royalty. From my tree stump stage in the middle of the soaring pines, my buck was the greatest. Who's king of the Jew? Who roared back, and I bowed to my most loyal fans. And so it went, on and on, over and over, brief fantasy conversations with invisible friends eased my childhood loneliness. Writing by flashlight. I didn't say I was going to be a poet when Daddy asked what I was doing. I just said, I'm writing a poem. I could see the steam gush from his ruddy farmer's face with the force of the stream from the irrigation pump, which serenaded us with a staccato putt, 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 well into the starlit Arkansas nights. I'd done my chores, milked Bessie, fed the chickens, picked fresh peas, okra, beets, and onions for family supper. But Daddy fumed and went into a tirade about the neighbor boys back in Texas where he grew up who wrote poetry and committed other sinful acts that caused them to die prematurely. He implied that I too might suffer such a fate. Yes, Dad, I said on my way out the back door down the dusty tree-lined lane to play baseball with the rough and tumble Baker boys, knowing that my secret thoughts must now be expressed only from beneath my flash-lit, tinted, air-dried sheets well after parents' rusty springs had quieted down. A matter of necessity. Coon dog barks up oak tree at bandit eyes shining through southern virgin forest night. Dad shoots. Coon falls to pillowed floor to blobloddy needles, giving one last gasp before death. I sob. Dad pulls skinning knife out, directs me to hold tight makes one swift surgical move, guts fall. Precious memories block the anguish. 
purifying my soul while dad cuts the coon apart full moon casts long shadows through sky-high forest roof leading us out with tomorrow's dinner drawn and quartered hold them legs wide apart boy Daddy shouts, lining up the cold steel blade, marking a place in the fur, and with one smooth movement, opening up the body from neck to balls, reaching in to pull out entrails and deposit in the white enamel pan. Keep them legs taut, he yells, positioning the blade to pull the furry skin away from the sinewy muscular tissue, strengthened by trips up and down the oaks, building his winter's store one acorn at a time. Damn, he was a strong little booger. Look at those muscles. Beetle probably be tough as shoe leather, Daddy says. As I wipe tears from my eyes, grit my teeth, and keep holding tight to the tiny squirrel paws. This makes an even dozen a nice supper for us. The head drops into full blue pan, followed by two neatly severed halves. Take them entrails down to the pig pen. They'll have a party ripping those guts apart. Inside, Mama makes up a batch of dumplings. I take the blue bowl in and watch sadly as one by one the pink hunks of flesh join in the boiling mixture of chicken broth, flour, salt, and pepper. Thank the Lord for this food we were about to receive. Daddy reaches for the bowl, pulls out a head, gives it a sharp whack with a blunt end of dinner knife, gaining access to his favorite treat, squirrel brains. We call them Katie Cakes. Whenever Mama would make a cake, I was right there to watch her bake. She'd pick the biggest bowl around, then lift me up to get it down. I'd run to the hen house for some eggs, fast as lightning on my tiny legs. Fistful of flour from Uncle Ev's meal would be just the start of this wonderful thrill. Then came the spices, sugar, and milk, forming a batter that looked much like silk. The mixture was then poured into a pan, placed into the oven till it was dark tan. Removed from the oven and set out to cool, Mother, using her trusty hand-mixing tool, turned egg whites and sugar with the utmost of skill into angel white clouds that gave me a chill. A lucky boy was I indeed to be around when there was need to fetch some eggs or milk the cow. I really wish she was here now. The night I became a man. Damn it to hell, Papa cursed, wiping his brow with the brush of sinewy forearms, knowing all the while that it was futile. We were stuck in the middle of Swampy Bottoms, Arkansas, at 3 o'clock in the morning in a rattletrap Model A tied together with bailing wire sporting rust holes so big that a possum once fell right through the rope one night when we were out shining lights at Coons, which Mama wouldn't cook, but Papa would, and real good, too. We stayed all night in the Model A, wrapped around the warmth of a Four Roses bottle, unaware of the stench of nature permeating through the perforated underbelly until the sun broke through the cypress umbrellas, prying open our bloodshot eyes. 
leading our other senses on a real down-home hoedown as the dead skunk in the middle of the road brought me up in a start with crank in hand, determination in my countenance, out the door to the front, and with one mighty circuitous jerk, kapakata, kapakata, we're on our way out of the wilderness. I am a man, kapakata, kapakata.